Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by Caldera Lab. Put your best face forward with Caldera Lab, the leader in men's skincare. Use our exclusive code GATORS at calderalab.com to enjoy 20% off their best products. Gators Breakdown is also brought to you by Manscaped. Don't take a chance while trimming below the waist. Take 20% off and get worldwide free shipping with the code GATORS20 at manscaped.com. Gators Breakdown, because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown podcast is ready to go. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter, X at GatorDave underscore SEC, threads at GatorDave underscore SEC, if you uh, have ventured over there yet. But hey, I'm trying to keep it the same, kind of keep it easy for everybody. Uh, the hardest part is saying, still saying Twitter, not using Twitter, X, I don't know. But well, we, we'll keep it going. Uh, but yeah, here we go. Fall Camp 23 and kind of starting getting some notes, some headlines, an injury scare with Shamar James uh, coming out uh, early on this Thursday and thankfully doesn't seem too bad uh, right now. So we'll get into that, what Billy Napier had to say on Shamar James and uh, the injury scare there with a lower leg or lower body injury, but it does seem out there that it's a knee injury uh, that he suffered in uh, Shamar James suffered in practice on Wednesday. So does not seem uh, as, as bad as, uh, as it maybe once did uh, there. If you were, if you were believing that, but kind of an injury scare. So we'll get into all that. What Billy Napier had to say uh, as well. Also uh, going into the detail about Max Brown a little bit, the, the wide receivers that, uh, He's throwing to in practice, and the other quarterbacks are throwing to in practice as well. Kind of just the, the synergy between the passing game and the receivers right now. Uh, and then we'll get to hear from Devin Moore for the first time uh, in, a, in an extensive uh, you know, press conference that uh, he's finally getting the chance to do in his second year. Uh, also, Austin Barber and, um, and Justice Boone as well. So a lot to get into uh, with fall camp right here. Plenty of news and notes and updates. And, hey, we can just talk some pure football right here moving forward. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. I, I tell you, the, the, this, this is when we get our groove a little bit with the games on the horizon, all this fall camp and fall practice. And uh, thankfully, we get all these media opportunities uh, th- th- through Florida right now as well. So, yeah, lots to get into right here on this episode of Gators Breakdown. So hit that like button, subscribe if you haven't done so right here on YouTube or your favorite podcast podcast platform out there as well. Join Gators Breakdown Plus if you haven't done so. The link is in the description. You get those ad-free episodes right there on Gators Breakdown Plus. So that's an added benefit to go along with the Discord server and all the chats that go on there. Uh, so a lot of the, those will be coming up. It'll be coming up as the as the season approaches. Probably going to be doing one pretty soon. Uh, and then of course, hey, reminder: this Saturday, the open scrimmage right there, or open practice there for the Gators, two thirty to four thirty. And then of course, if you are a Florida Victorious member, you get access to the field, autographs, photo opportunities after the open practice. Hey, Billy Napier had something to say about that today. You know, there's going to be a unique opportunity for our fans to watch this practice, and then there's also an opportunity uh, to learn more about Florida Victorious. You know, there's an autograph session post-practice uh, for about 45 minutes where if you're a subscriber to Florida Victorious, you get an opportunity to participate in that. So 
we encourage all of our fans to do both. You know, come to the practice and certainly hang around for the autograph session after practice. So there we go. One more time. Fan day right after the open practice from 2.30 to 4.30. That's the open practice. And then from about 4.30 to 5.15, you get, if you're a Florida Victorious member, access to field, the field access, autographs, all that. Right now, you also take advantage, 20% off your first month, promo code GatorsBD, right there for Florida Victorious. So, hey, this is all the stuff, all the access you get, all the benefits of Florida Victorious right here. This first kind of big event to kick off the 2023 season with Florida Victorious and kind of the fan day that they're going to do after the open practice. Link is in the description to join Florida Victorious through Gators Breakdown and get 20% off your first month. All right, so let's go back to Billy Napier. And as I mentioned earlier, just a few minutes ago, Jamar James right here, Zach Goodall uh, from All Gators reporting uh, right here on this Thursday morning that uh, Jamar James was injured in practice on Wednesday. I uh, didn't know the extent of it yesterday. Was going to go through some testing this morning. Uh, if you guys know, uh, I know Heisman put out there a good bit of some people uh, out there know the username Heisman from various message boards, Florida Victorious board, uh, He's on Higdon's uh, first and 10 site as well. So did share, of course, it got out there that did not seem to be that bad. Uh, and maybe just a sprain uh, right now. That came out probably about 20, 30 minutes before Billy Napier uh, met with the media to update us on Shamar James. Here's what Billy Napier had to say. Lower body injury um, to be determined. Uh, but I do think it presents opportunity. You know, Shamar's obviously contributed to our team, played a bunch last year, but... You know, there's gonna, that group is very competitive. It's one of the more competitive uh, positions on our team, and we're really excited about that group. Uh, the growth we've seen, uh, the maturity we've seen, you know, take a guy like Scooby who's made tremendous progress. Um, certainly getting Wing, Wingo back from the injury. Then you throw Taraja Mitchell, uh, Manny Nunnery in the mix, and Jaden obviously is a freshman. All those guys have been here. Um, you know, going all the way back to January. So it's a very competitive room, uh, and this is going to allow those guys to get more reps and take full advantage of the situation. Hey, good thing Florida could hit the transfer portal <laughs> right there in the, in the uh, for, for the linebacker room, right? Taraja Mitchell going to be there. And look, it was probably going to be Shamar James or Taraja Mitchell you know, if Florida's got to – I mean, Austin Armstrong told us uh, in his press conference earlier, there was, there's going to be times when it's one linebacker on the field, two linebackers on the field, three linebackers on the field, you know, Will, Mike, Sam. There's different ways that Florida's going to use the linebackers here, not just sticking with the, the, our two linebacker set here. So, um, but, but yeah, I think we were kind of looking at the top two. I think two will be on the field more likely than not, most of the time than not. And so I think should we look at Shamar James and Taraja Mitchell there. So you hit the transfer portal, able to get the experience of Taraja Mitchell as Billy Napier just led on. But hey, man, I, I think you know now you you probably you know, say it's a couple weeks uh, that uh, a week or two. I don't know a timetable here. I think we'll probably go play it pretty safe here uh, with Shamar James and, and not push it back. But you know. Just kind of like not as deep, but Florida's deeper at linebacker than, than they have been. Uh, and, you know, Shamar James, you'd love for not to miss any time going into his second year. I think we're all looking forward that, for that development, that jump in his second year, all SEC freshman last year, of course, uh, for him to come on board and just kind of uh, use the talent that we know he has as a recruit and he lived up to it that first year and seeing just the – the progression uh, of a second-year player uh, in this defense, the aggressiveness of Austin Armstrong, I think Shamar James is going to be a missile there. So hopefully this doesn't last too long. Hopefully it's just kind of, quote-unquote, bumping the road, uh, and he's back in no time, and you don't even really realize <laughs> that uh, you know, he, he was going through this. But Billy Napier did go, hey, they, they are deeper. And Scooby Williams, and, uh, they, I think you know, there's certain combination. I mean, there's I don't know if there's certain. I don't know if there's certain combinations here uh, for the linebacker spot uh, that that we get to say. Maybe after the open practice, we'll get to see a little bit more. You know, of course, in the season, but you know what two linebackers are going to be on the field a lot together, and, and you know with Shamar out, maybe it's a Scooby and Taraja uh, the more more together. Of course, you know Spurlock, uh, you know bring him in uh, through there as well. Derek Wingo, who 
I'm telling you, I was around him uh, a May. He's itching to get on the field. I think itching to prove a whole lot of people wrong. His teammates love him. There's a lot of leadership in Derek Wingo. Played injured at the end of last year. Hopefully, uh, he's healthy, ready to go, and kind of, you know, kind of just be that player we've been waiting to see. Uh, I love the the heart he showed in that bowl game last year. Knowing he's nowhere near 100, percent but he's going out there and giving it his all anyway. Uh, but you know, Shamar James, Taraja Mitchell. There's your top two, I think, but Derek Wingo, Scooby Williams, going to get a lot of playing time. And those guys kind of just get bumped up right now. Watching Mar James going to be sideline nursing, uh, hopefully for not long, a non-serious lower body, quote-unquote, leg injury. <laughs> so, uh, they're from Billy Napier. But, hey, Jaden Robinson's getting rave reviews for a young guy as well. Uh, as a, kind of a speedster at this linebacker spot. So, hey, Florida's got some options here. Now, you don't want too many injuries here. And I, I liken it to this. With Shamar James, I think this linebacker crew can be good without him. They won't be their best without him. He For this linebacker core to be their best, to reach their ceiling this year, Shamar James needs to be on the field. So hopefully, you know, just a injury scare, and he's back on. Nothing official, of course, from Florida, uh, but the news behind the scenes does sound good, won't be as serious, and he'll be ready to go in a week or two back on the field in fall camp. So, all right, let's keep it going. Uh, some more news, notes, updates here from Billy Napier. And this time we'll go Max Brown. Uh, of course, the I guess what we would assume right now is third-string quarterback there for the Gators behind Graham Mertz and Jack Miller. Uh, but I'm telling you what, Max Brown, uh, I like the kid's arm talent. And I, I think uh, you know, maybe he might push for that second spot. Might push for that second spot. But what is Billy Napier like about what he's seen, about what he's seen from Max Brown so far? Max has made improvement. You know, I think he's a, a classic example of a really good athlete that just started playing quarterback a couple of years into high school. Um, and we took the guy for those reasons specifically, right? The pedigree as an athlete, he's a really good baseball player. Um, the guy can run. Um, he's, I think he's gained like eight or nine pounds of lean muscle too, right? So I think just the reputation. Uh, repetition of throwing and catching. I think the, the quarterback blueprint that we use in the summer um, is pretty rigorous, and I think he's benefited from that. But there's no doubt his accuracy's improved. Uh, I think he's cleaned up his footwork. His stroke is, you know, much more consistent. Um, and, again, I think there's some knowledge that contributes to that too, you know, in, in terms of understanding the system. So I think Max has come along pretty nice nicely so still you know there's an information gap there he's got to catch up mentally but um his work ethic this summer has impressed the staff and it's impressed the players um so i think he's kind of got right in there in graham's hip pocket um and he's worked uh, the way that you would want a quarterback to work i can't run but is max's athleticism something you could use this year in spots uh, I think that's to to be determined, uh, but there's no question. As a player, that's one of the strengths that he has. Uh, he would bring a there'd be an element to his game that I think could contribute to your team if if he was playing. There we go. Yeah, certainly. And we I remember detailing this back in the spring. Probably the most athletic out of the three quarterbacks there would would be Max Brown, and and what we've heard behind the scenes. And, you know, the little bit we saw, very accurate coming out. You know, not a lot of competition uh, there in high school, but very accurate. And as I said, we've seen some highlights the last few days of fall camp that I kind of warned to go by. But uh, we, for what we do see, very live arm, throwing some top passes, throwing some top spirals. Uh, and uh, I, I like his arm talent, but as Billy Laper just said, he is more consistent, but he, look, he's still got to catch up mentally. And the one thing that caught my ear just a little bit, in the hip or Graham hip pocket. Basically attached to Graham Mertz at the hip, learning from Graham Mertz, all the experience he brings and what it takes to you know watch film and be a leader and everything it takes to being a quarterback at a big-time college. He's trying to learn from, from, from Graham Mertz there. So, look, I think you know, going to the QB1 spot, is, we all assume Graham Mertz is going to be the guy. I don't think it's a surprise <laughs> much at this point. Just kind of wait for that official word from Billy Napier, but – I think the way you can tell Napier talks about Graham Mertz, he's probably the number one guy. Now Max Brown kind of just hacking along and, you know, 
garnering and gaining all that information of how to be a quarterback in college football. And uh, I do like the part where he says he's more consistent. Uh, and um, I, 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 I'm excited to see if he could push for that number two spot. It would not surprise me in the least uh, the closer we get to fall camp, maybe some point in the season uh, that we do see uh, Max Brown, maybe that number two on the depth chart. And it doesn't necessarily sound like a two quarterback system at any chance, maybe a change of pace quarterback. Uh, you heard you know, good buddy there, Nick De La Torre kind of ask if the, maybe he's using his athleticism at any point in time. And uh, just kind of reading Billy Napier there, it didn't really sound like it, but uh, maybe it's something that they could keep under wraps at the same time. I'm sure that's something Billy Napier would not want out of the bag uh, if, if that is the plan. Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna uh, have Max Brown run ten plays a game, uh, but no, I, I would not expect that either. Uh, but uh, I do. Um, if we're not trying to read Billy Napier the wrong way, uh, if he's gonna just, I'll, I'll take him out of his his sense there, the way he answered that question there from Nick, but. Um, I wouldn't expect it, but you know, um, maybe looking down the road, um, if if Graham Mertz has a better season than many are expecting and can go and test the NFL waters, maybe he does that, and maybe he's Max Brown's quarterback next year. Maybe he takes this year of experience and he's the Brit. Look, we've been kind of wondering who's the bridge quarterback from DJ Lagway, so maybe you don't have to start him as a freshman. And we sitting there, and I think you might hit transfer portal anyway if Mertz leaves to, to bring up some depth at the same time. And who knows what would happen with Jack Miller at that point, too, if he was to get pass up. So I think transfer portal is an option next year anyway, but maybe looking ahead, looking at this fall camp and throughout this season, maybe it's Max Brown. That's the bridge quarterback. And maybe it sets up a big-time quarterback battle in 2025 <laughs> between if Max Brown plays really well in 24 and, and, and DJ Lagway. You know, may the best man win. Now I know I'm getting way, way, way ahead of myself here. I'm looking at ideal scenario. But while we're talking Max Brown, we don't have to just keep it current. You know, what could the future hold? And um, I, I like what I've seen. I like what I've heard so far. Uh, and he's come a long way in just a year. Uh, so I, I say you know, keep keep an eye out for him. Uh, maybe things go wrong uh, with Graham Mertz. Um, you know, something, it's football. I don't want to wish an injury or anything. But if it happens, you know, We'll see. We'll see if the opportunity is there. But as a fan base, we'll get to see it Saturday. Uh, and we'll see, you know, Florida, some of those couple of cupcake games in the first month of the season. Maybe you get to see some more Max Brown in that scenario as well. All right. So that's a young player right there. But let's go even younger. Let's go to a true freshman. True freshman will be mentioned right here as Napier Tana talks about the passing game and these wide receivers. I've been very pleased. I thought we probably had our best date receiver yesterday. Um, the young players are improving, and I think we're getting good, consistent play. Uh, Ricky's really sharp. Um, I think Caleb Douglas is doing good things. Andy Jean has made a big jump, you know, this summer. Uh, hopeful to get some of these guys back here. Trey, um, Ty, those guys will contribute, and that would be a big deal to get those guys back healthy. There we go. Get some of those young receivers healthy. We mentioned Eugene Wilson, you know, Trey there that Billy Napier mentioned. Uh, hopefully he is back on the field uh, a, a bit. But, hey, I mean, hear it from the head man himself. Andy Gene in the big jump this summer. Uh, looked really good in the spring game. We heard about all spring, about how well he was coming along as well. Uh, and Devin Moore, we'll hear from him in just a second. But even he mentioned in the press conference today of how good – Andy Jean's route running is. And as a true freshman, I, I thought when he was recruited, that's kind of what he was getting known for anyway, that he was going to be come in and be that crisp route runner. And then he probably showed up even faster than a lot of people noticed. So if he can pair that speed with the reputation of being a great route runner, I mean, Andy Jean, and we saw the we saw the highlight earlier this week. Now is the first day of camp, and I don't want to make too much of it, but we should at least acknowledge what we saw. You know, he catches a pass, a little shake and bake on Kamari Wilson, and he's in, and he's in the end zone. Uh, so, you know, somebody does good, well, well let's, let, let's point it out. Let's also point it out. It's fall camp, and we'll see where it goes. But it does back up a lot of what we're hearing from Andy Gene in the spring, in the summer, and until now. And I tell you what, he may be getting that shot early on because, guys, don't forget, when we're looking at this receiver group, Ricky Pearsall, it's been talked about plenty enough, and he's brought it up. SEC Media Days has been asked about it, and it is you know, going to happen this year. He's going to play outside a little bit too. Who's going to be the guy 
who slides into slot. To me, it's going to be Andy Jean right now. I mean, Eugene Wilson still nursing uh, a soft tissue injury. You heard Billy Napier just talk about right there. And, you know, a hamstring is what it sounds like behind the scenes. And, hey, if Pearsall slides outside and takes the place of a Caleb Douglas or Marcus Burke, a Jaquavion Frazier's, all right, well, Andy Jean, to me, that opens up him in the slot to be able to use that route running ability that he has right there. So I think there's a chance Andy Jean will be getting on the field early. Uh, he's will be, I'm not going to say the production of a Trevor ETM, but maybe ETM from last year is, all right, game one, Utah, you're on the field making plays. Andy Jean may be that true freshman that we see on the field first game of the season. A little bit different. You're on the road at Utah. I don't know if that changes things and how Billy Napier approaches playing a true freshman or not. Uh, but if he's out there proving himself as much as we are hearing, I would not be surprised in the least. Pearsall's on the outside or needs a breather, and they are out there in certain formations that Andy Jean's the guy in the slot taking those reps for Ricky Pearsall. So I, I'm excited to, uh, to see and maybe everything we're hearing come to fruition from Andy Jean. You don't know how to take you know the, the camp notes and the spring notes and – freshman and how it's going to come along but i think by now we've heard enough to where we should be we, we should be seeing what andy gene can do on the football field in game light situations all right let's keep it going that would be it for pure solely on billy Napier. we'll hear from him in, again in just a second but hey let's go to devin moore of course a true freshman last year burst onto the scene he's out there playing early on in the season very late in that Utah game. I mean, we, he's a true freshman out there, lined up. Late last drive of the game as Utah's driving down the field, a true freshman uh, uh, out there, kind of burst on the scene. I don't think a lot of people were thinking he was going to be a starting, or not necessarily starting, but you know, getting a lot of reps in game one. But he comes in here, flashes, a little bit of an injury. How was that roller coaster for him last year? So last year was a bit of a roller coaster, you know, uh, in the first part of the season, you know, just having that opportunity to get on the field early, it definitely was a blessing. And, you know, it just felt like a lot of the hard work that my coaches preached and, you know, even the strength staff, like, and all the help that my teammates gave me too, it definitely seemed like it paid off. And then, you know, come uh, Missouri week, kind of took a bad fall and, you know, it kind of sent me down on the roller coaster a little bit, but... You know, I feel like I came out of that experience uh, with so much more of the mental game down. And honestly, I looked at it as a as more of a blessing and a lesson. There we go. Learning, learning from it. Uh, and that's what you want to have from Devin Moore. Uh, he comes across really well. I mean, very, sounds very mature for a, a young guy who, you know, as Billy Napier doesn't really do with a true freshman, let him out in front of the media. And I know he did some Twitter spaces and stuff last year to Devin Moore. Uh, you know, thankful for that. We, that. we got to know him. But it had to be frustrated to, you know, get all that, get those early accolades and be out there and, you know, say to yourself, man, I'm on the field as a true freshman, then only for it to kind of come crashing down with a shoulder injury. Uh, and then very limited in the spring as well. And now he's out there on the field this fall, uh, being able to take all these reps. And, you know, very, very good, great news for Florida. Great, great news for Florida, as we've highlighted plenty of time. Who is going to line up opposite Jason Marshall on the other side there? And Devin Moore's name's certainly in that mix. But also, there's another guy in the mix. We'll hear from Billy Napier and Moore on the battle for that second cornerback spot. No, it's great to get Devin Moore back healthy. You know, obviously he started as a true freshman. Um... And then Jalen, obviously, he's made a, he had a terrific offseason, right? So uh, Kimber's had a lot of lean muscle. He's always tested well. He can run. He can jump. Uh, he's had the injury uh, upon arrival with the shoulder. That was a little bit of a setback. And then he had the cast last year on his hand. So I think he's a player that sees an opportunity. And, um, you know, you throw the young players in there when you start talking about uh, Jakeem and D.D. Johnson, who's uh, been very impressive. So um, Gates is, you know, not quite there, but he's able to participate with the brace on coming off the knee. I think that's a good room, and certainly it's going to be competitive. I feel like uh, having that competition in the room just, just boosts us all, like, tremendously. You know, everyone's working hard day in, day out, 
And in the cornerback room, we actually have a, a, a motto that we kind of live by, is everyone eats as long as you take care of your business and the coaches can trust you. So as long as you, you know, just take care of your business, then you'll get your opportunity for sure. I'm excited for this second cornerback spot because of everything I know about Devin Moore and going back to last year, but pairing that with everything I've heard about Jalen Kimber in this offseason, I was one player that I have heard that – that's been circled, as you heard Napier say, I'll confirm what Napier has been saying, that I've been hearing that kind of whispered out through through through, through back channels as well, that Jalen Kimber's really come along, uh, finally healthy uh, after you know, battling the injury at Georgia, transferring and having a cast last year. He's been a player uh, that they've been really impressed with, that, uh, hey, this is a great news for Florida. Uh, when you're trying to get that DBU moniker back and all the questions we still have, still have at safety, that all right. Well, at least maybe we can get back to some, you know, some 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 lockdown corners. And, and you know, Jason Marshall, he's already mentioned back at SCM that he wants to take a step up. He wants to get better in certain aspects of his game. Uh, but he's got one spot locked up. Who's going to be that other guy? And I think Florida right now feels pretty good of both about Devin Moore, Jalen Kimber, Corey Raymond, loving Devin Moore. Uh, you know, one of his targets that he wanted to get as a coach here at Florida. Found him, find himself on the on, on the field early. Then Jalen Kimber using his experience as well. Uh, I tell you, I mean, Kimber avoided surgery last year to kind of just stay on the field um, and and help this team any way he can, and has certainly, from what I hear as well, taken a whole lot of steps this offseason to really. Just, it, this is a great battle. This is good for Florida. You, you've we got to fit figure out, you know, a, a second corner. And if something happens, there's no drop off either. And maybe you could rotate these guys in as well. Maybe they're on the field at the same time. Maybe Jason Marshall needs to breather after a bomb that that he's that he's covering. And you know, now somebody else has to step on the field too. So not necessarily just just a second cornerback spot, but Jason Marshall needs to come off the field for any reason. All right, well, maybe you got two other good corners here who can fill in when needed. Hopefully, only for a you know couple plays or so. But um, yeah, uh, Jason Marshall back there, one spot locked up. But, you know, and uh, more opportunity. You know, Avery Helm's gone, uh, and this opens up the door just a bit. I think it was going to be Kimber and Moore anyway, as long as Moore could bounce back enough healthy from that shoulder injury. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, this was one battle, of course. I, I've been looking forward to all the spring. One of the biggest questions, I think. And then, now, it being a question, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing r- r- right now. We're going to get an answer, and I think the answer is going to be pretty good. I, I really do. I, I'm high on both these guys, uh, mainly because of what I've heard from, from you know, back channels about Kimber. I wasn't, if you were to ask me back in the springtime, I'd have been uh, purely hoping for Devin Moore. Uh, but now there's some confidence that Florida's got pr- two pretty good options there at that spot. So um, eager to see, eager to see how that plays out. And I think Florida can't go wrong with the answer uh, right now. So let's keep it going, and let's hear Devin Moore a little bit more. A couple more sound bites from him, and this one, he was only one year, of course, last year with Patrick Tony. But hey, what's the difference? What's uh, what's Austin Armstrong bringing to the table, according to Devin Moore? So yeah, uh, definitely his energy stands out. You know, he's just coming into the mean. We got music playing. You know, everybody's like in that mug and turned up. And uh, also, you know, we all shake each other's hand. That's like kind of like the symbol of, okay, let's all lock in. I guess time to go. And then, you know, he likes to play deny the ball defense. So it's a lot of, uh, you know, press man and things of that nature and just making it hard for the offense to convert any third down or, you know, any down in, any down on the field, really. Mm, no, y'all go like that one. A lot of press man. I mean, how many times have we seen this defense kind of just play off? Maybe it wasn't confidence in the players on the field, you know, from opposing defensive coaches, or not opposing defensive coaches, defensive coaches on staff there. But I think we know, you know, with the type of athletes Florida has, has and have and can get, you'd love to be more aggressive. And that just kind of seems to be Austin Armstrong's MO. So not only aggressive in the front seven, but with Corey Raymond leading the charge on the back end, Austin Armstrong and sounds like now Devin Moore saying, "Hey, this is this this is it. You know, this is a uh, we're gonna play a lot more press, man. This is gonna be a defense that's gonna be a bit more aggressive." And talking about this competition all the way, I mean, these quarterbacks they better be ready. I mean, if Austin Armstrong and Corey Raymond are gonna ask you to play press, man, you're gonna have to go out there and do it. You know, you get beat. It's out there for everybody to see. <laughs> if, if you can't handle press, man, you're probably not gonna play a whole lot. So 
Is that going to be the separator uh, for, for these two guys? Which one's better in that situation? That might be the difference maker uh, right here. But I think it's music to all of our ears that, hey, I think if, if they can pull this off, we're going to see a whole lot more of you know, look, 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 Down and this is going to play a part of it. Mixing, You're not going to play man coverage each and every snap out there. Eagles still see in certain situations, in situations where it calls for it, you, know, you mix up your coverages. But if you have the belief that your guys out there can do it, we'll see it a whole lot more than we used to. Uh, so go out there and hopefully shut down some opposing receivers out there uh, for the skater defense. But the the hype machine, the hype machine behind Austin Armstrong, I mean, not only just feeling better about him, but he is a hype machine. <laughs> That's what we're talking about here. And I, I really do think it's going to feed into these players, you know, asking around a bit. It's uh, They do respond to it. This is a response of, you know, Patrick Tony kind of lackadaisical. Uh, I'm not going to say lazy approach. That's not the right word, but you know, not not as hype. That's uh, probably the best way to put it. And I think you know, especially on defense, they're going to feed off their defensive coordinator. They're going to feed off their leader. And if he's aggressive, they'll play aggressive. Um, and, and I like you know, there's a lot more is coming out about Armstrong and his approach. And he's even I, I'll call it aggressive just for the sake of keep using the word. But even his meetings are aggressive. It's not just sit in a meeting room for 45 minutes. It's hey, we'll go over for we'll go over a couple plays and then let's go, let's go walk it out. Let's let's go walk that play through and then come back to the meeting room and then go do it again. I mean, it's a, a, a little bit of a different approach, not just sitting there for 45 minutes at a time, taking notes and and all that. There's a little different approach of what Austin Armstrong's doing. So he's even a little more aggressive in the meeting room about you know, guys going out there and just putting in the motions of what they're seeing on film. So I think the excitement level for Austin Armstrong is only kind of continuing to rise every time we hear somebody ask about him and these players' response towards him. All right, one more. We'll go to a transfer and what uh, Moore thinks about transfer uh, R.J. Moten coming in from Michigan. R.J.'s locker is actually right across from mine. And, you know, he's played a lot of ball, so he has a lot of wisdom. You know, he's he's someone I could come to and ask him questions about, okay, you know, what's your tackling approach? How do you come down uh, faster and things of that nature? So I definitely think since our secondary is relatively young, just adding someone with a lot of experience like that definitely helps. Have you read with him uh, in the first team defense and how much of a difference does he make when he's in there communicating because of that? leadership yeah so I, I have repped with him and um he definitely he, he's a great talker you could tell from all that experience he, he's big on communication so you know when I'm out there there's no gray you know I know exactly what I got to do and he knows exactly what he has to get done to he's that good at communicating considering he just got here yeah for sure you know he uh it wasn't a big surprise though because you know behind the scenes I've seen a lot of the the extra meeting time that he commits. And, you know, that's for all the guys in the safety room and corner room, really all the guys on defense and offense, you know. That was a big uh, big adjustment we made this year, just dedicating way more time and doing doing extra, like a lot of extra work. There we go. So bringing that experience, and look, I'm sure R.J. Moten knows what it takes to have a successful defense, being part of um, you know a really good Michigan defense the last couple of years, a college football playoff caliber defense there at Michigan. Uh, but – I don't think we can overstate the communication part of it. And I'm not so, you know, how, I mean, you guys aren't either on what we saw the last couple of years over Trey Dean and, and Rashad Torrance. And I think NFL draft bears that out and all their testing results bear that out. Florida just did not have a lot of talent uh, back there on the back end at, at the safety spot and needed to go get inexperienced safety. And that's not a shot at Miguel Mitchell and not a shot at Kamari Wilson, but you didn't want to have to rely on two second-year players taking snaps back there at the same time. If you could go out there and get an experienced safety, one who's been a part of a, a pretty good defense, you go get him. You go get him. And the word communication, is, it, it goes two ways, I think, on this back end right now. Should be a little bit easier with Corey Raymond taking over the complete secondary, and you have that one voice. So communication from a coach is even easier. And now you have an experience back there, and you heard more say it doesn't matter that he – wasn't here in the spring or part of this team last year. He's been studying. He knows this defense. He knows what to do out there. He's make sure he's in the right spot. He makes sure I'm in the right spot. And he goes out there and does it. 
So the communication bear from an experienced player. So I think that that could be an improvement on, on this defense. And this time of year, I know everything, everything feels good. Everything sounds good because of all the changes going on. Uh, so we'll see how this plays out. But big fan of going to getting, getting somebody like R.J. Moten and then it bearing out early on that he's just fitting right in. He's just fitting right in, using that experience back there and you know, kind of what it means now for a safety rotation that you've got three players, um, Moten, Kamari Wilson, Miguel Mitchell. Sounds like right now they're all kind of splitting the one reps, but I'd probably say Moten, Mitchell, as you're starting safeties back there, see what that means for Kamari Wilson. I mean, the highlight of him yesterday, um, not necessarily a highlight, but he's running through some drills. He certainly looks faster uh, out there. And some talk in the offseason, of course, of maybe his future at Florida and what he could do and Maybe he fits in better as a linebacker at Florida instead of a instead of a safety. We'll see how it plays out uh, this year, but uh, certainly look faster uh, in some of those uh, drills that we were seeing. Uh, I think it was yesterday as we recorded this on Thursday on Wednesday in that part of practice. So, Kamari Wilson, Miguel Mitchell, R.J. Moten. There's some options. Some options back there in the back end, but Moten I think needs to be back there for the ceiling of the safety group. All right, guys, plenty, plenty more to get into on this episode of Gators Breakdown. But, hey, this episode is brought to you by Caldera Lab. Your first impressions matter in your face is likely the first thing somebody notices about you. We'll put your best face forward with Caldera Lab. Clinically proven to reduce wrinkles, fine lines, and signs of aging, Caldera Lab is the leader in men's skin care. And you can use our exclusive code, Gators at CalderaLab.com to enjoy 20% off their best products. Started using it in my daily routine to you know, help with this hot Florida sun and sweat and turn 40 in June and say, hey, man, you look good. You look good for 40. Well, you know what? I want to keep that going. I'll do that with Caldera, Caldera Lab to create high-performance men's skincare products. And the regimen is your twice-a-day formula to transform your skin. It's super easy. Takes 30 seconds in the morning, 30 seconds at night. You see results in a week. Let's get to these products. The Clean Slate. That starts an your day. This face wash leaves all skin types refreshed. Then you apply the base layer right after to moisturize and hydrate your skin. Even better, it absorbs fast, leaving you with a matte finish to start your day confidently. Then the Good is your go-to at-night face serum to round it out. This clinically proven multifunctional serum helps your skin look tighter and smoother, getting rid of those wrinkles. Hey, let's take step, things a step further. The Icon is the eye serum that helps you shine while addressing the three most common skin concerns around the eyes. Fine lines, dark circles, and puffiness. So don't wait. Get 20% off with our code GATORS at CalderaLab.com. That's 20% off at CalderaLab by using code GATORS. Support for this episode is also brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this offer for Gator Nation. 20% off plus free worldwide shipping with the code GATORS20 at manscaped.com. Don't take a chance while trimming below the waist. Take care of yourself with the new performance package 4.0. That includes the new Lawnmower 4.0. This fourth generation waterproof trimmer. Features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Turn on the LED spotlight when needed for a more precise shave. And because it's waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker. This nose and ear trimmer, honestly, guys, it is the best I've ever tried. The only one that actually works. After trimming your football, show them some love with the Manscaped Liquid Formulations. The Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop... Reviver Ball Toner are here to take your ball game to the next level. Manscaped even throws in two free gifts in the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Get 20% off plus free shipping with code GATORS20 at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping worldwide with the code GATORS20 at manscaped.com. All right. Hey, let's go to our first offensive player we got to hear from this week. And Austin Barber. Big time, big time left tackle Austin Barber. Going to be thrust into that left tackle spot. Going to be starting this year. 
big change from last year. Let's hear from him. I think it was just me focusing on being a leader, being being the, the guy that shows up day in and day out with a, with a great attitude, pushes guys day in and day out. I mean, like, that's what I really wanted to focus on since, since you know, I'm getting a little bit older now. This is my third season, and I think I think a lot, a lot of that went into leadership and team building. If you had to look back to one thing that got better over the summer, what would you say it is with you personally? Me personally? Um, I think it is leadership. I think, I mean, I was put into a big role when a few of the older guys left and some of them in the NFL, some of them went different places. And I think I got put in a place to where leadership was the main thing for me. And I think I took it and ran with it and I've been handling it really well. Was it easy for you? I think so. I mean, I, I try to always be a vocal leader. I tried before when last year. I think I, I fell into it a little bit. I kept, I think I pushed myself up each week, each time I've been stepped on the field. And I think that's just helped me out. And then confidence from all the teammates, all the guys, they've pushed me to be a leader. And then I think it's just helped me build my confidence. What's the, what'll be the key adjustment to the left side for you? Um, I don't, I don't really know because I think I played both. I played both last season and, and I played it all, all my whole career. And, you know, I think I, I got back to it and feel comfortable. What's the thing that the biggest thing you maybe take from last year that you're going to use to help yourself in a bigger role this year? Um, things, things I'm going to just work on is probably like just being a leader. There's sometimes I, I sat back and, you know, let the older guys go in cause you know, I was a freshman, ever, but now I think I can come in and, you know, be a vocal leader and take over and me and Kingsley work together. Me, Kingsley and Richie are pushing us along to the best of the ability. There is some experience in this offensive line. You know, he just named it with the three players himself, Kingsley and, and Richie Leonard. Um, so there are some new faces there, but there are plenty. Uh, there, there's plenty of experienced faces to go along with the, you know, the first five, six names that we expect to be along this offensive line group. But for Austin Barber, what a difference a year makes. Um, I don't, I think he surprised us all. And him coming in last year and being the type of player he was, he could absolutely be counted on to come in for an injured Michael Tarquin and then not relinquish playing time, proving that he needed to be out there. And, of course, you hear the leadership, and he wants to become a leader. You hear it, he says his teammates are pushing him as well. And, look, we heard Billy Napier talk about that. Uh, in his opening press conference for Fall Camp 2023 was, you know, they are you know, a really teammate-focused trying to find leadership. And it sounds like, you know, the, the Austin Barber wants to be that and his teammates are backing him up on it. Uh, and it's different this year for him because now he's got that on him. But also at the same time, he knows he's the guy. You know, last year, he's still fighting for a spot. He gets his chance. But this year, he knows he's the guy. There's a big difference this year. He settled into a spot. He's playing left tackle. How much, is that, how, how much better is he going to be because of that? He's, he won't be jumping left and right. He knows he's a guy this year. If NFL aspirations are, are, are there, I mean, this is his third year. He can, he can leave after this year. So there's a lot of you know, elements to his game that can push him even higher this year. But mainly for me is knowing where you're going to be and taking all that experience from last year, and now you're settled into a spot and able to, to, to take that next step. Now there, and I think you know, Micah Mazuka should be, as long as he's healthy, right beside him. Kingsley there at center. I mean, that left side uh, with some experience. Plenty of experience. Now, Mazuka, of course, at Baylor, there's a lot of experience. Barber there last year, Kingsley, and all the experience he has at Florida, and then Tyan Mazuka right there as well. So, and if Richie Leonard's that guy right there at right guard, I mean, that's a lot of years right there. Now, Leonard doesn't have you know as much as playing experience as, as Mazuka, of course, uh, there at the other guard spot, but uh, has been on campus, been in college program for, for, for a bit, got a lot of experience last year. Uh, so, that, you know, there's not... And if Damian George is the guy at right tackle, I mean, and Lindell Hudson's at right tackle too, and, you know, update on him, was in a car crash, going through concussion protocol right now, not serious, uh, but he has not been at practice the last couple of weeks. Uh, but there, I mean, Florida's got some, they got some snaps at offensive line. Now, you lost a lot too <laughs> with, with, with Osiris Torrance, and that's, that's what's holding me back from thinking this group can be as good as, or, you know, or better than last year. Maybe, maybe can be as good. That's saying a lot. I don't want to disservice Osiris Torrance. I think if we're saying that right now, they can be as good. I think that's kind of a disservice to him. Um, but I think the, I think the possibility is there with an overall second year jump, not as much newness as there was last year. Uh, so Austin Barber is going to be a big part of that because of what he was able to do last year. And I think taking all that experience, being settled in, 
we'll make a big jump right there on the left side. All right, hey, what's going to help this offensive line even more? How about going against a deeper, improved defensive line? I think they just they've been they've been pushing us. We've been pushing them. They're you know the, the size is ten times bigger than what it was before, and I know I think we really benefit from that because it puts us in a position where we have to work ten times harder to you know get get the win on the line. And it's a battle day in and day out. There's every guy can every guy is good enough to play here, and every guy is strong enough. So I think we work work together really well. How much have you seen from Princely and in this scheme particularly? I think he benefits great. I mean he's a. He, I think he's one of the best. I mean, this is my opinion. I mean, this I think this is he's one of the best pass rushers in the country. I go against him every day, and he puts the work down. He puts the work in and grinds. That's why I think he he comes in. He fits well in this system. He's big, long, athletic, fast, and he he moves him all around. He can get on the edge, do everything. And I think he just he'll benefit. He's greatly. changed his body a bit, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. I mean, I think he's come in and you know, changed his body a lot, and I think it's helped him a lot. He's gotten a lot. He's he's been working. That's all I'm gonna say. He's been working like his tail off. I think this offensive line is going to be good. Um, and this defensive line is certainly going to make make that um, those these fall camp practices uh, a, a bit better uh, and a, an advantage for this offensive line. I'm not sure this, the offensive line, and as good as they were last year, they didn't have the competition like this uh, in, in, in camp. Uh, and now a, a deeper, I think Florida is bigger, deeper in the middle of the defensive line. And now, I mean, I, I am God. I'm high on Princely at, at edge. You know, we had him on a podcast a couple of weeks ago. He spoke to the media again today. Uh, we won't hear from Princely there from almost everything he said in the press conference. You heard on Gators Breakdown a couple of weeks ago. So uh, the, I took advantage of the time I could have with the, all, the, all these other players right here. But man, you heard Austin talk about him uh, and the kind of transformation Princely is and leaner, faster, stronger. Uh, I'm excited about that. But it's going to make Austin Barber better, uh, and he's going to go against. Harold Perkins at some point this season. And I'm not going to say Princely is, you know, Harold Perkins, but the closest you can get to that competition in fall camp, the better it's going to help uh, Austin Barber. So, you know, the Florida's got some young, talented edge rushers that he'll be going against and these other tackles will be going against. But I'm excited for, you know, the, the competition that I think is going to be on the horizon this fall camp between an offensive line and a defensive line. And the competition is only going to make each, each one of them better. And I think for the defensive line, I, I do think this is the competent offensive line. I think that's the baseline. I think I know there's a, you know dealing with some injuries and experience and, and transfers right now, but they're going to be competent. The, the staff on the offensive line is too good to be terrible uh, there for, for offensive line. So I think there's some good testing going on both sides, offensive line, defensive line. Uh, but I, I do think um, probably one of the biggest benefits – for this offensive line is going against a talented defensive line right here in the fall camp setting. All right, let's keep it going guys. Yeah. Uh, leave some comments. I'll try and come back to them, but we'll go into the last little bit right here. Let's catch up with justice Boone. And he kind of gives us a, a, a deep dive of him and this defense. Honestly, I just feel like the defense is like, it hasn't been much different from last year, like our scheme from this year and uh, last year. So, um, honestly, I just feel like uh, the biggest advantage is having the same playbook, so I'm able to be faster, 10 times faster, just because I already kind of been through the experience before, and I'm just doing it over again. What is working with Coach Peterson done for you? Uh, amazing things. Uh, he's a great player. I think it's uh, one of the key things that I could take away from him is that he's done it uh, here at the University of Florida and at the college, I mean at the uh, NFL level. So like, can't get no better than that from somebody that's played your position and you feel me done it on the best and the highest level. And I saw the day they had you, you know, dropping back in coverage. Um, how's it been kind of transitioning with that and, and doing some new stuff at the edge spot? Uh, it's been pretty good. I actually dropped a little bit last year. I'm doing a little bit more this year just because you feel me, I want to be a little more agile, a little more versatile. So it's feel good. Uh, I put a lot of extra work in to make sure I'm crisp on it. How much energy does Coach Armstrong bring to this defense? Uh, man, he probably bring the most energy out of anybody. But uh, we try to match his every day. Uh, thing that we uh, try to say, if you don't have your own energy, we try to get something from me and we'll meet you at the end or whatever like that. So uh, Coach... Armstrong is a very hype guy. We love it. We need it. What's the best thing about him that you see? I mean, is he an encourager? Is he getting people's faces? What does he do that's so good? Um, I, I actually would like to use a quote that uh, uh, Inky Johnson said uh, yesterday, uh, support and then challenge. 
so what he likes to do is support us whenever things we, we might feel a little iffy about certain plays and stuff like that. Well, he does support us, come to us, talk to us, say forget the next, you feel me, forget that play, next play mentality, go out there and give your hardest. So I feel like that's one of the biggest things he does. Uh, even though we probably don't make all the best plays or do everything right the first time, he supports us and then try to just tell us to go out there, finish hard, finish the last uh, five, I mean, five plays in the rack, whatever like that. Sunday he said that you guys want to be fast, physical, aggressive, that you guys want to be the hunters. What do you think he means by that, or what has he told you in terms of what your attitude needs to be as a defense as a whole? Um, I think, honestly, as a defense, our attitude is we want to be the hunter. Like, we want to attack. We're not a defense that's going to sit and wait for the offense to, you feel me, dictate. Now, we want to be the dictators and make them play uh, play our ball. Two other transfers playing next to you, uh, not small guys either, and, and mm-hmm. Banks and, and Cam. What have you seen from them? Uh, great, great, great. Uh, Caleb, uh, lots of energy, lots of energy. I love the strike. Cam, another guy, I love the strike. He's huge, so he takes up a lot of space, makes it a little bit easier for me to rush the passer when uh, he closes the pocket so with guys like that do you get more one-on-ones on the outside oh yeah yeah for sure i get a i get a like i said uh, when we work together as long as you feel me i get him pushing the pocket all i gotta do is run around and i'm gonna get the quarterback off the top so ain't nothing wrong with that there we go another advantage of being strong up the middle and we're hearing about it i mean princely human Miellum is going to be able to take advantage justice boone right here gonna be able to take advantage florida being stronger up front with Cam and Caleb and Desmond Watson, Chris McClellan. It's going to make, it's going to be, if those guys are what we think they can be and they're on the field and they're able to rotate and they're able to be fresh, you know, as fresh as they can be, there should be a lot of one on one opportunities. And you hope this Gator defense is in a lot of passing situations to where Justice Boone and Princely can really tee off. And, you know, Boone, I'm glad he brought it up. You know, he's got to change his game a little bit. You know, he, he dropped back in coverage a little bit, but maybe even more so now. Uh, and be playing the defensive end slash edge role. Uh, Justice Boone going to be able. I mean, I remember last year. I think we were you were all remember the big hit versus Kentucky last last year in Will Levis. And I mean that that of course the play that sticks out in all of our minds. We want to see more of that, you know, for, 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 from Justice Boone. And um, hopefully he gets a lot of those one on one situations. But I was around him in May uh, shooting some you know video for Florida Victorious and. He's a lot more outgoing than he used to be and, and a lot more forthcoming in front of the microphone. He's really becoming more vocal, and he really hit on that uh, in, in his leadership. And, look, I had him on Gators breakdown a year ago during the season, and, look, it's, it's really apparent, you know, how far he's come, kind of come along and matured in that area. Uh, recently named Gator Made Man of the Month. He was really proud of that honor, saying it confirms a lot of the hard work that he's putting in uh, to think about others before he thinks about himself. And that's something Coach Napier really, really, really stresses. So, Justice Spoon, I'm really, really uh, excited for his growth. I mean, it feels it, it sounds weird. It even feels weird that we've had this feeling about the defense because of the potential, but just because of where it has been recently, you know, it's hard to fully, fully buy in. But you got the new defensive coordinator that everybody's raving about. But granted, we heard good things about Patrick Tony last year, too. Hopefully, this is the change that's needed. But as far as players go, I think you start going through the list. Austin Armstrong did it Sunday for, for Florida Media Day. But you start going down the list of players' names along this defensive line, you start feeling pretty good about it. And I know the last few years kind of say don't feel that way, but it's hard not to. It's hard, it's hard not to. I didn't feel this way last year. Now, I think I felt better than what it turned out to be, but I didn't feel this good. Now, I like the potential. I like the depth. There's a lot of competition here. It's only going to make these players better, but you need the depth. And just because you not, might not be a starter, you're going to get a lot of playing time. I mean, Banks, Jackson, McClellan, Watson, I mean, there's four guys in the middle there to go along with Boone and Kelby Collins and I mean, I, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. I hope I'm not getting too excited. Maybe that's just the uh, fall camp, getting ready for football season, orange and blue glasses mode. Maybe that's what it is. But I do think there's, I do think there's reason to be glass half full. I think there's plenty of reasons for optimism starting up front that can we can start to see this thing turn around on defense. Now I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to be out, go out there and be Georgia's defense. That's not what I mean. That's not what I mean at all. But I do think we should be able to see some marked improvement. And hearing Devin Moore talk about Austin Armstrong and what he brings to the table and how much better they should be on the defensive back end, 
know, the moves they made to go get somebody like R.J. Moten. Boone had a lot of good things to say about Moten and to Roger Mitchell, the transfers that they brought in, how they fly around. And he brought it up, too, is how well they communicate. That's what that experience brings. Florida, in the transfer portal, went and got a ton of snaps. There's a ton of snaps coming through the transfer portal. Maybe not at Florida, but there's plenty of experience coming along. And a lot of that's going to be communication as well. But you'd be able to use that experience and play fast. That's what, he's, that's what Boone said about Moten and Mitchell. They're using all this, all this experience to go out there and play fast. So now you got the guys in the middle making things easier for him. I mean, I, 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 there's reasons to be optimistic about this defense. Now, we do have to go out there and see it. But I, I do think there's plenty of reasons to feel optimistic where, put it this way, if there is a big jump, that we really shouldn't be surprised. I think that's where I come with this. At least we're, we're talking about it in the preseason. These are areas we feel good about. So if this Florida defense does go out there and improve, and if we want to talk rankings, you know, go from hundreds to 50th overall, 40th overall, everything that we've talked about this whole offseason, that would be the reason why. We feel good about a deeper defensive line. We feel good about some moves around Edge and Jack and being able to identify some pass rushers. You went to the transfer portal with a linebacker. You had, hopefully, you know, Shamar James come along in his second year, and you got some experience there. Transfer portal on the back end. Jason Marshall returning at corner. I mean, there's reasons to feel good about this defense. We just got to see it. And if we do it, now we know why we felt good and it played out that way. So I think there's plenty, plenty to feel good about right here with this defense. All right, all right, all right. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. All right, let's go. I'm going to do some comments right quick. Um, yeah, Justin, uh, John Wilcox brings up, you know, Will Norman as well. I mean, Florida's got some depth. I mean, it's a true freshman here. I mean, maybe he redshirts you know, for, for how deep Florida is now. I don't know if they're that deep yet. You know, can you count on that? Uh, but I know Will Norman's impressed early for, for a true freshman. Really impressive. For that, Tyreek Sapp, I mean, I don't know, John, you bring him up too. I don't know how I forgot him. He was my breakout player last year. Maybe maybe I was a year early. <laughs> maybe Tyreek Sapp's a guy who comes out there and kind of proves his worth this year. I had excellent spring game a year ago. Um, and look, maybe being deeper up front helps a player like him. Uh, maybe playing out of position a little bit last year. Uh, why he didn't maybe take that jump that I expected uh, him to take last year. Maybe I was a year too early. Maybe I was a year too early on that. Going through a couple comments here. Now, Derek Powell brings up a good point. Yeah, you don't go from awful to elite in one season. Name a team that has done that. Little Giants doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's all, yeah, you don't go from where Florida's defense has been and then in a year's time say, all right, that's one of the nation's best defense. And look, that's not what we're looking for. And that's not the expectation we're putting on this defense. We just want to see improvement. We want to see Martin improvement. And I think that is possible. That absolutely is possible. And if we see that, Florida's going to be a pretty good team. Florida's going to be a pretty good team. And it should, at the same time, give you some confidence in, in, you know, in what the staff is doing. Now, no, don't get me wrong. You can't go out there and you know, kind of lay down on offense. <laughs> and that go the opposite way. Uh, but I think if you put a what we would consider an average defense out there, Florida's going to be okay. Florida's going to be okay. Chris Orley says, man, these players have bought into the culture. You can hear it in the press conferences. Yeah, Chris, I, I bring that up too. I don't want to make too much of that. You know, it's hard to judge sound and what players feel like. I mean, don't get me wrong. We, we heard a lot of this good stuff last year too, just because but that's natural in year one to year two and somewhat natural right now too in the offseason. But it does feel – a little different. I've personally been around a little bit of these players too a couple of months ago, and it does seem feel different. Does that equate to wins? I don't know. It may, it may not. The feeling differently it, it's certainly there that it, that it is different. I hope that equates to wins. Ba -ba 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 -ba. All right, don't want to bore too much while I go through the comments. Go back to old John. 
D-line had Billy smiling at SEC Media Days. So that's how you know what's up. Yeah, uh, I'm smiling too, <laughs> by the way, uh, with that one. Scott brings up a good point as I was, you know, we're bringing up the offensive line versus defensive line and fall camp and making each other better. Control both lines of scrimmage and we win the game. Well, there's going to be a lot of one-score games, just like there was last year. If the offensive line doesn't take a huge step back and the defensive line is as good as I think it can be, yeah, Florida, those close games – Hopefully equate to some more wins. As Nathaniel says, yes, that's probably what I was trying to say or maybe what Austin Barber was trying to say. Iron sharpens iron. Um, what, a little uh, singing there, dude, during these comments? <laughs> um, I'm not going to... I'll put the comment up, but I'll just say dur. But uh, Clavi... Okay, I'll, I'll give up. Um, I would be okay with Florida only winning 15 games this year. Well, let me think about that. I think I would be too. I think I would be too. <laughs> uh, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Do, 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 do. Tom Gore with an overall little message here. I feel better about things than I have since the collapse of the damn Mullen era. Error. <laughs> there we go. Uh, it will take multiple years to get back on the top again, but we've taken some steps in the right direction. Yeah, hopefully we see. You know, ho- hopefully win loss record is, is is a step this year. Right? That you know that would hopefully get everybody excited for the direction of this thing, and still doesn't lay out the question of you know when will it turn around? You know, recruiting has turned around, and then a lot of people are going to point to well, will it? Uh, will the on field results affect that? Well, let's not. Hopefully, we don't even have to worry about it. Hopefully, Florida goes out there, puts a good season together, and we don't worry about it. This class goes on to to finish pretty well, and you know the the upper trajectory continues. Scott says, "Will Shamar James be back for Utah?" Um, I I say so. I mean, I I heard two weeks at the most with this. Hopefully, no setbacks, but one two weeks at the most. Here he'd be back, and going all through spring as well, playing as much as he did last year. I'm not gonna say you you want a player out. You'd love to have a player out there taking all these reps, you know, getting all that communication down, getting all these reps down with your teammates. Uh, but if he misses a week or two weeks, not a huge loss. Not a not a huge huge loss. Yep, John brings up one point I brought up one time before. Then I'll sign off on this. Being able to possess the ball will help defensive numbers. We have a running clock this year. Possessions will be more valuable. Yeah, and, I, and I'm hoping the defense does the same thing. You know, I hope. You know, if you want to be able to possess the ball a little bit more, how about get your offense the ball a little bit more? Get off the field on third down. You know, we hit on Will and I hit on that 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 Monday night. But you know, complimentary football was not so complimentary last year. Offense had to do pretty much all the legwork. Last year. Navelle Beeman, how is Jordan Castle doing? I, you know, I haven't heard a whole lot. That doesn't necessarily mean he hasn't done anything. Uh, but maybe he's a player we can ask about uh, coming up. Coming up. All right. All right. All right. Heat man, the defense can be flat out better by simply approving the little things like containment and tackling. If we could tackle, I believe we'd be FSU. Yeah, we talked about that uh, this past Monday night. So check out the last episode uh, if you haven't done so yet. But hey, guys, we're in football mode, right? Right here, last of the episode. Hit that like button. Subscribe if you haven't done so yet. But we are in football mode. Um, you're going to, uh, well, you've been getting about multiple episodes a week anyway because of all the hot transfer uh, recruiting news throughout all the summer anyway. But, but, of course, we're in football mode right now. So, multiple episodes a week. Once the season gets here, you guys know at least three episodes a week, as we've always done it. I'm going to try to expand it even more. Got some things in the works coming up for this football season. But, hey, this is, this is football mode. All these press conferences, I'll be bringing it to you, analyzing what they have to say, what it means for the team, what it means for a position group. Probably overanalyzing it at times, but hey, that's what this is. It's talking season, but there we go. There we go. One more from Novell. What about Kelby Collins? Freshman standout. They're very happy where he's at right now. 
very, very happy where he's at right now. So, all right, all right, all right, all right. Good stuff, guys. Thanks for hopping in. I know it was kind of short notice uh, live episode. I put it out this morning that I was going to go live, but I had to get all these sound bites together and, and all that good stuff. So I couldn't put a hard time on it. Uh, but thanks about 150 of you joining me right here live right now. Thanks, thanks, thanks so much for all that. Uh, thanks for all the interaction right here through the comments. Like, subscribe, leave some comments if you're not live with us right now. But thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Gators Breakdown. Catch you on the next one. Hey, we got a uh, open practice to talk about next time we're together. So hopefully we get to just break down a little bit of actually what we see on the field a bit. But that'll be the next episode of Gators Breakdown. Guys, thank you so much for checking this one out.